Okay, let's begin Parsha's Lech Lecha, Tavshin Ayintes. And this is really the beginning of the cycle, because we started 10 years ago, Parsha's Lech Lecha. So this is our 11th year, Parsha's Lech Lecha. Baruch Hashem, we get to keep learning Torah. Um, <coughs> and we uh, start learning about the first Jew here in Parsha's Lech Lecha. And uh, there is so much focus, as we know, uh, about, Eretz, in er, about Eretz Yisrael in Lech Lecha and throughout the entire Torah. But... Uh, we always focus on some of the thoughts uh, related to Lech Lecha uh, in uh, this week's parsha. So, if you look in uh, the Sefer Ma'at Min Ha'or, which we've never quoted from, Hanan Parat, one of the uh, great educators, Rabbanim, Eretz Yisrael lovers from our uh, generation, um, so in his uh, set of Svarim, uh, Ma'at Min Ha'or, so he notes that the first words in the Torah Shebuch that are said to Avram Avinu by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the first words are not about Amuna, are not about mitzvos but it's about Eretz Yisrael. As we've noted in the past, every conversation, every of the, each of the first conversations to Avraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov, to the first three Jews, and more, and to Moshe in Parsha Shmos, they all mention Eretz Yisrael. Avraham is unique in that that's all it talks about. That is the main sivui. The others have Eretz Yisrael mentioned within it. But here, the first sivui, on line four, Ein Hakadosh Baruch Hu poseich es dvarav la'avram avinu bebirur ikarei ha'emuna o beprati ha'mitzvos. The first thing Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu is not about believe in me, not about recognition. Again, there are midrashim or kazdim, Hakadosh and Nimrod, the story. So yes, that's all in the midrashim. That's true. But the first words of Torah Shabbosav is lech lecha me'artzacha. Go the connection. The Jews' connection and every Jew's connection to Eretz Yisrael. Afterwards, we'll get into all the details about being a servant of Hashem. But the first thing that I have to write in Torah Shebech is, what does the first Jew have to hear? Yesh Lalot Artsa. One should move, go. The first thing that he tells Avram Avinu. So what is the secret? What is the secret, he wonders, about Eretz Yisrael, that it's connected to Am Yisrael? Well, let's look at this paragraph. All the nations of the world will be blessed through you, by you, Somehow, as he's going to explain, the Jew's connection to Eretz Yisrael and the Jew being in Eretz Yisrael isn't just for the Jew. It's about being the v'nivrechu v'cha kol mishpachos ha'adama. Let's see what he says. V'yadayin yesh lizbonim v'lashol. Ma tafkida shal Eretz Yisrael v'malach ha'gadol hazeh. What is the job? What is the tafkid of Eretz Yisrael? How do we look at it? And he quotes Rav Kook in Sefer wrote where Rav Kook describes that there is an existential connection between every Jew and the land of Israel. And it's existential, not just one happens to live there. You know, everywhere in the world, there are people that happen to live in different countries. There isn't a spiritual, metaphysical, existential connection between Australians and Australia. And even Americans and America, there isn't a deep existential connection People happen to live there. 
It's not like if though anybody moves out of a country, a thousand years later they'll dream of coming back to that country. And there'll be a connection that stays with them in the DNA of the people for all time. And they won't have three times in their tefillos davening for all Jews to come back to that land. Nothing like that exists. Says Rav Kook, Eret Yisrael eina soni. It's not something external. A place where Jews have... Hashem chose... You know, this is a good place for you to be. Physically. It is a means. It is a means to unite and unify. To unite Jews in a way that we can't even fathom. There aren't even words to use to explain that connection. What does that mean? He explains, There's an organic connection between a Jew and the land of the Jews, where all Jews should be. gives the mashal, as we'll see, I gave it to you in the next source, relating to uh, plant, the Jews being planted in Eretz Yisrael. Let's, let's skip that for a moment. But How does he explain the connection? He says, the connection between a, the Eretz Yisrael and the Jew is similar in parallel to the connection of a guf and a neshama. When we say our neshama is inside of our guf, again, our neshama is not something physical, but we all talk that way. We have a neshama v'toch guf. We have a neshama, the Ramban, into Parshas Bracious, nasa adam b'tzalmenu kimuseinu, nasa, it's the guf and the neshama. Is that just a place where Hashem needs a physical hold of where the neshama is going to be. He puts the, goof, the neshama into the goof, but never the twain shall meet. And there are, are sources that we might talk about that there is a constant fight and there is a constant milchama between the goof and the neshama. Even if that's true, even if one believes in that, that we're fighting with our chomrius and our ruchnius, and there's a fight, but do we still look at it as it just so happens to be that our neshama is inside our goof or... HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a human being as an neshama within a guf. That's what we are. And there's a connection between the two. And a human being is made up of both something physical and something metaphysical. Gufo shala adam rak beis kibo neshama. Our body is not just, doesn't, isn't just, happens to be a receptacle for our neshama, like a cup that you pour water in. No. Right? There is a hidden dialogue. Right? When we think about it, when we are physically in pain, our soul, our mood is affected. And when we are depressed, our physical body also feels it. There's a synthesis, there's a connection between what we might call physical us and spiritual us. Our guf and our neshama. It's not that they happen to be within each other. When we're upset, we physically cry. There's a deep connection, right? I might even add that the mitzvah of Kuros HaMes, the kavod that we have to have for a body, right? If it was just a receptacle, then okay, it lost its kedusha now. There's nothing to talk about. No. The guf was connected in, in a deep way. That's 
the connection between a Jew and Eretz Yisrael. Not just a place to be, but a place that's meant to be. A place that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us to be, and the goal is for it, for us to be there. And he quotes, and how does that affect, as he said before, that's what he says at the bottom. A Jew in Eretz Yisrael, being a model nation, an Orla Goyim, a Mlechas Kohanim, the Goy Kadosh, with a base Hamigdash, ultimately in the ideal world, that's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be that Orla Goyim in our natural state, in the Neshama Betoch Aguf, a Jew in Eretz Yisrael. And as it continues, and all the Mishpachos Adama, all the world around, will be affected by this. How is it? The ultimate goal of Am Yisrael. Again, in our years in Galus, then we had a certain goal. But when we could be back in Eretz Yisrael, that's the ideal. What's the ideal as Yeshayahu Hanavi describes? Yes, there are times, and I again say, it's been thousands of years, to pick up those Nitzotos HaKadusha, as many of the Hasidic Sfarim and the Kabbalistic Sfarim know that we have to go out and get the, the, the sparks of holiness and bring it back. But what's the goal, the ideal? We are where we are. And as Yeshayahu Hanavi describes, line number eight now in source two, V'hayabachras Hayamim, what's going to be in the future when Mashiach comes? Lifted up. All the nations will stream towards Eretz Yisrael. We shall learn from his, Mashiach's ways. And that's the Perek, fascinatingly. He doesn't quote the rest of it. Kimitzion teitzei Torah, the Varashem Yerushalayim. The pasuk of Kimitzion is said by the Goyim Pashtus when they come to Eretz Yisrael, meaning we're not going out, we're staying where we are, and there's a magnetic pull because of the model that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has set up. That is the ultimate where which Hashem tells Avram Avinu, "V'nivrechu v'chal kol mishpachos adama by going to Eretz Yisrael, right? Lech lecha me'artzacha." Go, go to Eretz Yisrael. There I'll make you a great nation. That's the result of the goal that we are supposed to have. That's what he writes on the bottom. Right, not going out, but creating the bracha within, and then as it um, Overflows, overflows out, like he quotes the Baal Shem Tov on the bottom, Kederach Shachavis Overes Al Gudosev and Ishpachas Vivoseha, as it goes, as it uh, flows outward. That's the connection of Lech Lecha Me'artzacha. Aram Avinu, the first command that he hears from HaGadosh Baruch Hu, Betherish, is to go to Eretz Yisrael, through going to Eretz Yisrael, creating that connection of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, and the Kedusha, we've quoted a number of years ago, we, we had a shear, about the balance that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is on the one hand independent, right? It was, right when Avram Avinu got it, there was nobody there, it was, it's inherent, but it also is affected by Am Yisrael being there. There's a concept called Bias Kolchem. There's a concept of Shemitah Veyovel and Shubas and Maestras on a Daraisa level has to do with the Jew being in Eretz Yisrael. Because the Jew is affected by the land and the land is affected by the Jew. And that is something that is very unique. And Rav Salvechik talks about this also. I think we've quoted this 
in the uh, number of years ago, they put out the uh, Abirchon with Rav Salvechik's thoughts in it. So there, Rav Salvechik writes on the phrase that we say in benching, Eretz, Chemda, Tova, Urechava. So Tova is good, Rechava is wide. What's Chemda? Desirous. Usually Chemda is not something that we usually use in the positive sense, low sach mode. And here it's called an, a desirous land, Chemda. Where does the Torah use that besides Los Achmod? So just two weeks ago, we had it by the Eitz Hadas. Nechmad Lamara. Nechmad. How did the Eitz Hadas affect Chava? The word Nechmad does not simply mean beautiful or desirable as most render it. Unkelas translates it into Aramaic as rogeg, which means fascinating, attracting, pulling. However, another type of beauty that pulls a person like a magnet. That's what the Eitz Hadas did to Chava. The, the Kodesh Baruch Hu gives food to all living things, human and animals alike. We proclaim that he is the one who feeds and sustains us all, prepares food, etc. However, the first idea of Berchaz HaMazen is a universal one, one in which we recognize that God provides food for every living creature, and then we get into details of Eretz Yisrael and the Jew. But Eretz Chemda means there's a... There's an attraction. I think I might have uh, missed uh, some lines here. Um, but uh, that's what that's what chemda is. There's a magnetic pull, a magnetic force that the land has has over us. And that's exactly what the Rechadam uh, Parat was saying in the first source. That's the ultimate goal of the Jew in Eretz Yisrael, creating an Orla Goyim that everyone would be inspired by. Okay. Related to that, but a separate thought. An amazing ha'ara, which yeah, I don't think we've spoken about in the past, but it's in the Torah Shebichsav, and not everyone focuses on it. We're going to say a thought now on the end of Parsha's Noach, going over to Lech Lecha. We read Parsha's Lech Lecha, go to Eretz Yisrael, go to Eretz Yisrael. Where is Avraham? Where is he? Let's look back to Noach, the end of Noach for a moment. What does the Pazak say at the end of Noach? Right, all of the families... Vayikach Avram v'nachal ha'nashim, they get married. Vayikach Terach, Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Vayikach Terach has Avram b'no, v'slot ben Aram b'mino, v'slot sarai kalaso, eish has Avram b'no. Vayetsu itam e'or kasdim, lolech has artsa kena'an. We don't focus on that too often. Already in the end of Parshas Noach, before Lech Lecha, it says that Terach took all his family left or cast him and started going to Eretz Canaan. The Ramban and all the other Rishonim, the Eben Ezra, discuss. Or Kazdim, Charon, like, did he go when he came back? But whatever the shot is exactly, his trips and his travels, it says that he was going to Eretz Canaan even before Lech Lecha. So what is the, just translating the Pesukim, they all left, or Kazdim, to go to Eretz Canaan, and they came to Charon and stopped. And then it says, Terach died. And then Hashem commands Avram, go. Wasn't he going already? What Was Terach going? So how do you understand this? So if we look in the Svarno, it says the Svarno in source number five, this is first the Svarno on the end of Noah. Why were they going to Eretz Canaan before they were commanded to go? Right? Just recognizing that kind of takes away a little bit on the surface. Like, oh, Avram had to leave everything. What do you mean? He, he started going even without being commanded. So why? 
Says the Svarno, people even then recognized that Eretz Yisrael was unique and different. They knew it was a land of the Muskalos. And many even maybe knew what the Gemara says, he's according to one opinion, the Mabal was over the entire world, but not Eretz Yisrael. There was something about the land, something about the air. People knew it was different. He quotes. So they started going even beforehand. They knew it was something. And then what happened? He didn't have the loyalty. He didn't have the perseverance. Okay, maybe a good idea, but, you know, on the way, he stopped. It's too hard. It's too hard. I, I like it here in Gaulus. I know intellectually maybe that's a place to go. It's the land of the Muskalos and Ritsuya. But Terach didn't persevere. Right, he wasn't with Avram. With all of what Avram's inspiration, right? Terach wasn't there. The hefech ze asa lotzman ma. For lachain load continued though. Lachain zacha uvezara bechelik ma mimanas Avram. Load got a little bit. He came. For lo zachul as eshart said so a Terach because he had no perseverance to get to the magic and to get to the land. So they were on their way and it was a hard journey. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Avraham, Lech Lecha, to the land that I will show you. So according to Rashi, you have to work out, Rashi says, he didn't tell Avraham where he was going, which land. According to the Svarno, he knew which land he was going to already. He'd already said it. So what was going on with Lech Lecha? Ela Aretz Asher Eka, Ela Makom Mehaaretz. To the land that I will show you within the land that you know is special, I am going to show you exactly where you're supposed to go. That's why he didn't stop until Hashem appeared to him and told him. Yeah, so on the one hand, the Svarno and maybe the Pshuto Shalmikra kind of takes away a little bit of the test, one might say. Right? Because he was already going. And everybody holds that it was one of the ten tests. So what was so hard? He was already going. The answer is he had to persevere through it. And the answer is maybe part of the test was his recognition, even beforehand, that there's something there and he had to leave everything where he still was. And part of it is because he realized the value of it in terms of Ruchnius, and he still rejected all of the Avodah Zorah that was with him. Kamro, Vayavar Avram Barath, Ad Makom Shechem, Vayera Hashem Al Avram. Continue, he continues. Vayetzel Eches, and therefore, he goes, and they went to Eretz Kanan, Shaisimu for Semeth Eslam, again he repeats it, Le'eretz HaMuchenes. There's something about the lands that people in the know, and people who open up their eyes recognize it. Rashi quotes it at the end of the Torah. Rashi quotes, every melech in the whole world wants a chilek of Eretz Yisrael, even if it's not conscious. Why does Eretz Yisrael get more press than any other tiny little piece of land in the whole entire world? Why does every religion want a piece of it in the past thousands of years? Because they realize 
that there's something. There's a deep connection here. And maybe they yearn, and maybe they want, because nobody else has such a connection to their land. And the Kuzari says also in source number seven, Rabbi Yudah Levi, Ba'aretz Ahi Ayu below Suffolk, Amakomoshin Nimsu Ru'uyim Likari Shara Shemayim. This is the Shara Shemayim. And he says, when Yaakov Avinu wakes up from his dream, what does he say? What does he say? Lo Yichez Azamaras Asherah, Lo Lezach Nafsho, Velo Lamunasoh Chazakah. He doesn't take any credit himself. He doesn't say, wow, I reached such great heights. What a vision I saw. What does he say? The place. It's the makom. He realizes it. And then he quotes the same idea as the Svarno. Once he realized he came, reached the levels of believing in Kaddish Baruch Hu, he realizes he needs to go to Eretz Yisrael. Because that's the place to achieve spiritual perfection. And then he continues and says, that's what was alluded to before in the first source. He quotes on the bottom, just like there are professional farmers who could tell you where you could best go grow grapes. Where are the best conditions to grow cucumbers? Where's the best? Where's it most matim? And the farmer will go to where it could best grow. Where's the best place to grow ruchnius? Where's the best place to get close to Hashem? Avram Avinu told us. Yaakov Avinu told us. It's in the land of Israel. So he says, that's the connection. Why the Vilna go and want to come so badly? The Grah had it perfect. He had his cloys. He had everything. Right? Why did he tell us Talmidim to come in the, the 1700s? And they were the ones. The Talmidim Grah were really the ones that started it all. They were the ones that started it all when the Talmidim Grah came and they opened up shop in the beginning of the 1800s. Right? And the, and the, the, the Chavetz Chaim, how much he wanted to come. And throughout the ages, the Ramban and Behuda Halevi, there was something there, there was a magnetic pull. Even before Lech Lecha, possibly. Which teaches us something about the land. And again, every Lech Lecha we have to review and strengthen, strengthen our connection to Eretz Yisrael, those that have the schus of living here, and those who don't yet have the schus of living here, should, El Hashem, do their best to be able to be those who are, to be those who are Zoche. Okay. Moving right along. So Hashem says to Avram Lech Lecha, let's stay on the first Pasuk. Let's branch out now to some other ideas. Branch out to some other ideas. Rabbi Lamb, in source number nine, in one of his drushos, discusses the name of the Parsha, quoting, as we would have maybe quoted, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who always discusses the name of the Parsha, but he expands upon it a little bit more. Right? There is no halachic name of a Parsha. We happen to call it that. Right? Parsha is Noach, we call it Noach, because it's, we call it Noach. In the Midrashim, it's not called Noach. Right, just like it's not called Sefer Bresha, Sefer Shmo, Sefer Yikra, but maybe Dvarim. And the Midrashim is called maybe Sefer Hayashar, the Gemara Vodazar calls Bresha, right? Torah's Kohanim, Chumash Pekudim, those are the official names. But the Parshios don't have official names, right? It could be that in the olden days there was some in Hagim to finish the Torah every three years, as we know. But, Lamaisa, we have names to Parshios. And Pukhazi, what Am Yisrael does, you know, always has significance. This Parsha is called Lech Lecha. 
So why is it called Lech Lecha? Lech Lecha means to go. To get up and go. That's the job of a Jew. The Jew needs to be a traveler. The Jew needs to be always going. The first Jew was told to go. Every Jew needs to go. Go up. Go up. Be active and move. Return to your spiritual identity. Climb up the ladder to spiritual heights. Go up. Keep going. Go up, 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 up. But Rabbi Lamb notes that if you think about it, in this Parsha, it wasn't all up. It wasn't all smooth. It wasn't all what would have been expected. There are several important incidents which spell not progress, but decline. If we think about Avram Avinu, right? He comes to Eretz Yisrael. He fulfills it. He passes the test. And the first thing, what happens right when he gets there? And he has to leave. And things don't go as planned. That's the, that's, this is Lech Lecha. Hashem, you told me to go. You told me to go up. I'm not going up. I feel like I'm going down. Going down to Mitzrayim. I'm going down with all these challenges. It was not a merely an incidental decision to change residence. Psychologically, it was a major crisis for Avram. He had left Canaan. Go there and you'll have a promise. And you'll succeed. And you'll be great. Hashem gave me all these promises. Now I have to leave. What a disappointment. History's first ole have become history's first yoreid. Right? As only Rabbi Lamb can capture in a sentence. Right? What happened? Religiously too, Avram's descent to Egypt was frustrating. Abortive of his whole mission. He was supposed to make a Kiddush Hashem. Think about, I'm going to make a Kiddush Hashem and then I have to leave. It's like, I'm a failure. It's done. I'm not going, I'm not having Lech Lecha anymore. But you know what we learned from that? Yes, that's also part of Lech Lecha. Going down in life is also part of Lech Lecha. Because nobody just has going ups. You know, life's about keeping going down the path. Going down the path. Your name will be great. And even when we have questions. And even when we're not sure. And even within. Within Mitzrayim, when he comes back, turning the page, domestically, this descent to Egypt was the cause of many troubles for Avram. Right, he got upset. Right, lech lecha, it's not so simple. And then what happens? Okay, fine, I come back. Okay, now we're all good, right? And there's a war. And my nephew is taken. Let's go to war now. I was supposed to venivrechu it was supposed to, have to be supposed to be sitting and gathering and spreading monotheism and everything's supposed to be good and wonderful and yet no I have to go fight a war get my get my nephew you know this isn't what I was supposed to be involved with we don't write the script of our lives Hashem writes Hashem gives us the cards and it's our job to lech lecha our job to wake up every morning and deal with the situation and go. Sometimes, middle of the source, descent is for the purpose of ascent. Often you must go down in order to go up to an even higher level than that at which you began. Some failures are merely temporary, that the future success is in disguise, even Sarah's abduction, right? Everything. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of what we need to realize from Avram Avinu and what he teaches us. And then if you look towards the, the next page, Going to uh, page number six. Turn the page for a moment. The bottom left of the page, he has a crucial. Or even he quotes an example first. He gave this drasha. 
his drushes are, are, are the drushes that he gave in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. I forgot which year this, uh, this one was, uh, was from. I forgot to. But he writes there, line 15, to take a more recent case. I think this was in the 50s. In 1947, British Foreign Secretary Bevin refused to issue 100,000 visas to Jewish refugees languishing in camps in Europe and Cyprus. How grief-stricken we all were. We were facing a blank wall. Yet we now appreciate that had he issued those visas, the pressure for independence would have been severely reduced. And perhaps a million and two million other immigrants would never have been living today in the state of Israel. So we don't know what, we know it's lech lecha. We know the world goes. We know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world. But then he says on the bottom left, and the same holds true for personal life. Life is full of crises. No human being can be spared trauma in his existence. If we lose heart in our discouragement and become crushed, then our pessimism is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's done, I'm finished. We lose sight of opportunities and we almost wish ourselves into a plunging descent. When we're in such a rut, we like just dream about being and I don't want to get out of it. But if we look at our situation as descent for the sake of ascent, if we realize it's all part of Lech Lecha, then that will help us. That will help us get through it. And he says, Zeresh knew it. What did Zeresh tell Haman? If you're finding the Jews, you might as well give up. It's always amazing when you read that Pasuk in the Megillah. What about up until now? Like, why didn't she say that till now? Okay, but either way, she knew it. She knew it. So Lech Lecha tells us we have to keep going. We always have to recognize that there's so much more to do and keep climbing through our life. Okay. Pasuk base. Let's go to the second Pasuk in the Parsha. Lech lecha me'artzacha, so go out from the, all of the places where you're coming from, el aratash ha'echa, ve'eschal agai gadol, I'll make you a great nation, v'agad l'shemecha, ve'heyei bracha. In you, they will give a bracha. What does that mean, ve'heyei bracha? Says Rashi. First, ha'brachos nesunos bi'adecha, the brachos are given to you, at achshav hayu bi'adi, be'rachti lo'adam v'noach, u'me'achshav atatavarecha tashar tachpots, right, you could give a bracha. Or, the second thought, I'm sorry, I want to read the next, the next, uh, pause. They will bless you all the Mishpachos. So Rashi on that. What does it mean? So we were saying before the Jewish nation, but now Rashi is picking up specifically Avraham. You, a person will say to their son, you know what? Be like Avraham. Where else do you see Becha in you means that you will be used as an example? Great. So Rashi brings a raya, what V'nivrechu V'cha means based on the Pasuk in Vayachi by Ephraim and Manasseh. But that just begs the question. Hashem promises Avraham that Jews will always bless and everyone will always bless that they'll be like you. What did Yaakov Avinu do? Yaakov Avinu switched it. Yaakov Avinu, Rashi's raya that he's bringing to teach us what Becha means just then makes us ask the following question. So how did Yaakov Avinu say, okay, everybody should give a bracha, what happened to Yisim Cholokim Ka'avraham? Which is what Hashem promised Avraham. Asks the Yam Simcha in Source 12, the Yesh Ladaktik, the Imzeapshat, Nimshesh Akadish Barhu Birech Avraham, Shikenya Birchas Ahavos Labanim, Via Maiba Yaakov Avinu, Vyasa Bracha Hadosha, 
Why did he change it? Isn't that a slap in the face to Avram Avinu? So he quotes from the Manchester Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Yudel Sagal, Dipa'amim ha'adam ein nimsa b'matzav she'yacholios nishpa midvarim gedolim. V'tzrichim l'daberito dvarim ketanim asher nogim lo b'chol yom shalchayev. Every Rebbe has to know and every mashpia has to know What's the state of the listener, of the student, of the child? We have to talk to them where they are. We have to be able to what we call relate. Could you relate to them? If you can't relate, if a parent, a Rebbe, a teacher, a coworker, if you can't relate to the person, then it's not going to get through. They're in different worlds. If somebody's in different worlds, then it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So if somebody is in a certain state and we say, be like, you know, somebody's having trouble with, with Lashon Hara, somebody's having trouble with basic Averis, and somebody says, you know, why aren't you more like Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, you know, we don't, we, we're not, we're not in that world. We're not in that Parsha. Somebody's going to say, why aren't you, why, when a, a, a parent gives Musr to their child, could you be, could you please be more like Avram Avinu, please? You know, it just doesn't, it's just not shayach. They're just gonna turn off. Right? He said, he quotes a, a, a raya, right, uh, from, uh, oh, let's just read it, cause it's an interesting raya. The Gemara Baal Basra. Hi, Manda, Yahir, Afila, Inche, Beise, Lomaskabel. If somebody has gaiva, then their family's not even gonna listen to them. Their family's gonna turn off if they're so focused on themselves, so egotistical. The hiksha, and the question is, doesn't the Gemara in Sotin say that if you're a Balgaiva, you're Ki'ilu Oved Avodah So why did the Gemara have to say, oh, your wife's not going to listen to you? You know, say Ki'ilu Oved Avodah So he answers that sometimes, you hear Ki'ilu Oved Avodah sometimes it doesn't have the same effect. Okay, Ki'ilu Oved Avodah That doesn't like, my wife, I'm going to have Shalom Bias problems? Okay. That we hear. That we, that we connect to. So that's why the Gemara says that too. Because the Gemara knows that we need to connect. So that is why he writes, Yaakov realized that if Jews give brachas, Avram Avinu, nothing against Avraham. It's a shevach to Avraham that we can't even fathom. Ephraim and Menashe. So again, we can't even fathom Ephraim and Menashe either, but we relate maybe a little more to them. Yaakov Avinu, at least they did, right? Yaakov Avinu, these were, these were children that grew up in Gaulus. These were children who, you know, had challenges, right? Ephraim and Menashe are more shy. But the message for us, okay, we have to say Ephraim and Menashe, but we also have to try to inspire our children, you know, with stories. With stories, we can tell, we have to tell them stories about the Gemara, we have to tell them stories, but we also have to tell them stories about Rav Shlomo Zalman, tell them stories about Rav Moshe. Tell them stories about the greats of our generation that, that could be inspiring. They're, they're near us. We aren't so far away. It doesn't have to be about the Rambam or about Rabbi Akiva. Also, the Gemara has both. Kilo Benavadazara and Lomukubal and Shebese. But maybe that's why Yaakov Avinu changed it. And obviously, we have to do our, our job, right? It's about connecting. They have quoted in the past the unbelievable Ha'ara from Rav Gifter on the Gemara in Sukkah, Chavches. 
I quote this every couple of months in the Dafyomi Shirim, where the Gemara talks about the 80 Talmidim of Hillel. And they do a 30 that were like in the door of Moshe Rabbeinu, 30 in the Dharma of Yeshua, and then 20 Beinonim. The greatest of them, the greatest of the 80, the 20, unclear, the greatest are Rabbi Yonasem and Uziel, and the smallest of them was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And the Gemara goes through, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai knew Mikra, Mishnah, Gemara, Halachas, Agados, Tiktikai, Sofrim, Kavachom, Regdir, Shava, Tkufa, Sichas, Tkalim, Sichas, Malachim, Sichas, Shadim, the smallest. Davakatan, Davagado, Maisa, Merkava. He knew everything. And he was the smallest. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And what happened to Yonasem ben Uziel? Birds used to burn up when they flew over him. Answer of Gifter. But who was the Gadol Hadar? Who was the Gadol Hadar? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was the Gadol Hadar. He was the one that made nine takanas zechel mikdash. He was the one that went to talk to Vespasian and dealt with the needs of the generation. But he was the smallest. He was the katan shibikulam of the Talmudim. So it says Rav Gifter, because to be the Gadol Adar, it doesn't mean you have to know the most Torah and be the wisest and be the greatest Talmud. You have to be the best transmitter of the Dvar Hashem. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu needs to lead his people. Yes, we also need people who could just like know culture, cool, but backwards, forwards, and sitting and, and being resources and reservoirs of, of, of information. But the leaders, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's, you have to tr- be able to transmit the Torah. You have to make it sweet. There are many people, many of our, many people throughout history that know a lot of Torah, but are, but, but can't give it over as well. There are people who know less but have an unbelievable power and people love listening to them. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch was looking for also, obviously. Elu elu, but in terms of being the leaders, that's what the Yom Simcha is saying. We have to relate. We have to relate the Torah. We have to package the Torah. Rav Shechter likes to say, this hither mitzvah, by giving a shear. Right, what does it mean, hither mitzvah? You have to make it beautiful. You have to make, besides making the sheets and the, and the, and the making it neat and making it people that, usable but presentable and organized and clear, this hither mitzvah. Not just by an esrog, by presenting Torah. And therefore we have to make it, we have to make it, uh, beautiful and easy for people to hear about. Okay. Moving right along. Next pasik. Again, we can spend all night. Next pasik. Actually, pasik base. Pasik gimel. V'yavarcha mevarachecha umakalelcha aor v'nivrechu v'chokam mishpachas v'adama. I will bless those that bless you and those that curse you. I will curse, etc. It's a pickup that maybe we never thought about before. Maybe we did. Klayakar. Haven't had the Klayakar. We should do more. Shlomo Ephraim Lenchitz. Prague. The Pasuk is in parallel. I will bless you. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. Doesn't say that. I will bless those that bless you and those that curse you, I will curse. Right, it's A-B-B-A. To use, you know, old uh, English uh, English composition, English literature, whatever. Why does it flip? Why does it switch? I will bless those that bless you, and those that curse you, I will curse. So just a uh, ha'ara of the klayakar. Again, he develops the idea more based on psukim and uh, in tehillim, but based on a halacha that we know, or an idea that we know from Gemara Maseches Kedushin. The Gemara tells us that... Right, la adam mar chelev. Right, it's a pasuk. Right, we know it from the uh, the davening that we have on on a Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Right, but uh, right, la adam mar chelev, me'ashem me'an alashon. It's a pasuk in Mishlei. 
But what does that mean? Something about his heart. Before we do anything, we think about it, generally. Generally, we think about it before what we're doing. When it comes to Machshava Tova, Hashem kind of gives us the credit, even if we don't end up, even before we do it, by a mitzvah. We want to do a mitzvah, we try to do a mitzvah. Machshava Tova, Hashem is Mitzarev Lomaisa. Machshava Ra, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mitzarev Lomaisa. But not Machshava Ra. That, Hashem says, only if I actually do it. Only if I actually do it. And he uses that to explain Sukkim in, in Tehillim and in, and in Mishlei. But he says, maybe that's the key. That's the key to understand this. Va'avarcha, I will bless, mevarachecha, those that bless you, and maybe even before they bless you. That's why I will bless comes first. I'm already blessing them by the time they bless you. When somebody's doing the right thing, va'avarcha, I will bless, Buvarachecha, those that bless you, they didn't even bless you yet. Vavarcha, I'm already, I'm already giving. When, when, when we ch- want to do something, umakalelcha, only after those curse you, or then I'll punish them. So it's just that little slight order. Kodesh Baruch is also looking, again, the, the chizak, the Kodesh Baruch is looking for what we want to do, not what we always actually end up doing. Kodesh Baruch Hu, Rachmana Libabai. Shem wants our heart. Wants us to try hard. Wants us to do our best. We don't always succeed, but he wants us to try hard and do our best. And then he will reward us. And that's Yavarcha Mavarachacha, the end. Those who bless, who wants to give you a bracha, he takes it belibo, kodem shemot yabracha mi piv. That's why I'm going to give it to him the bracha even before. No, only, only after. Okay, one more thought on the parsha, and then we will have one thought on the on the haftorah. A Ramban, again, we have a number of uh, contemporaries uh, in this uh, this year. Again, every year is different. Whatever comes siyata uh, deshmaya, some more focused on the rishonim, some on the early achronim, some on the later achronim. So this this year we have a couple of uh, contemporaries, but we go back to the Ramban. Maybe a an underappreciated Ramban. It's an unbelievable. So what happens? Sarah doesn't have a child. So she suggests to Avraham to bring Hagar in. Bring Hagar in. Tezayin Beis. Towards the end of the Parsha. Tezayin Beis. V'sarah eches Avraham lo yaldolo v'lashivcha mitzvus v'shma Hagar. V'tomar Sarai al-Avraham. Hinein atzaran yashem iledes bon al-shivchasi. Ulai ibanem imena. Vaishma Avram Lakal Sarai, Avram listens to Sarai. Vatikah Sarai Ishaz Avram and Sarah Mitsushiv Khasamikizashanim. Vatiteno Sala Avram. Let's be Madaik in the word the Psukim to appreciate what's going on now between Avraham and Sarai. What does it say? Sarai suggests this. What does the Pasik say? Avram listens to her. The Rabban is Madaik. We'll see it inside in a second. It doesn't say that he did a thing. It just says that he listened. What's the next Pasik? Sarai took Hagar and gave her to Avraham. Also interesting. What does that say? And this is all picked up by the Ramban. So she's the one that takes Hagar, gives her. Ki'ilu Avram didn't want to do it. 
And what does he do? Vatitin osala Avraham Isha Lola Isha. What does that mean? He gives it to Avraham, her husband, Lola Isha. What does it emphasize? Avraham, her husband. As if to emphasize that the real couple here is still Avraham and Sarai. Emphasizing in this act of giving over Hagar, the Torah emphasizes Avram Isha with a mapik. Hagar Vatar, etc. Says the Ramban, source 14. Ava, what is it? Lo Amar It doesn't say that Avram did anything. Ava ki Amar Shamalakol Sarai. Yermos. Ki Afapisha Avram Misavim Od Lebanim. Even though Avram so much wanted children. Lo Asa came below Rishas Sarai. He didn't do anything without Sarai's permission. Vigamatalo is Kavishu Yibanehu Me Hagar. Viasaro Mimena. All, even taking Hagar. His Kavana wasn't to have a kid with Hagar. Sarah says, take Hagar and I'll be built through her. So Avram says, okay, I'm doing this for you. It wasn't about him. Either the children of Hagar will be considered the children of Sarah, or by giving Hagar, she'll be Zohar her own children. Either way, but that was Avram's kavana. That's why it says he listened to her. It doesn't say that he did anything. And it says, Vatikach Sarai, Lahodia. Shalomir Avram Ladavar. Avram didn't hurry. Avram was in no rush. Ad Shalakha, Avram was in no rush until um, she took her. Ad Shalakha, um, Sarai Venasna Becheko. Sorry, it's cut off a little bit on the bottom. The Hizkara Kassel, I'll read it. Sarai Eshaz Avram. La Avram Isha. Lirmos. Ki Sara Lo Nisyasha. Sorry, it's cut off. Feel free to look it up inside. Because this is, she is his wife and he is her husband. Beautiful line of the Ramban. Right? Sarah did not give up. Now turning over. But it was Sarah's Messiris Nefesh. You see the beautiful relationship that they have, and they're all focused on each other. Which makes it, and then what happens? Hagar takes advantage, and Hagar abuses. And Hagar as a child, as we know Rashi quotes, oh, she starts publicizing, oh, it must be that she's not such a sadiqah, she's not righteous, I had a kid right away. And all the abuse that Hagar did to Sarah. And then what happens? Pasik Vav, Sarai can't take it. So what happens? She throws her out. Vata'aneha. Sarai vatevach mipaneha. She even hurts her. Vata'aneha Sarai. Ramban says on that, it's amazing to see the contrast of these two Rambans that are two psukim away from each other. Says the Ramban, again in a famous comment in Source 15, when Sarai tortured Vata'aneha Inui, the same lashon used by Yom Kippur. Vataaneha Sarai vatibrach mipaneha chata imenu biinui hazeh. Sarai imenu sinned. This is the Ramban we're quoting. V'gam Avram binicholasos kain. V'sham Hashem el Anya v'nasan la ben shehe pere Adam la ano zera Avram v'sarak b'chol mine ha'inui. Rachman alitzlan, the words are scary because of this inui. Again, part of the larger picture, we suffer 
from the children of Yishmael Adayom Hazeh. That's the Ramban. So first the Ramban talks about the unbelievable Mesiris Nefesh and the relationship, Bechulu, and Tupsukim later, what a terrible sin, and this is why all of them want to kill us, Adayom Hazeh. They put that together. What's the message? So again, the Ramban already says there's a chait here. So what we're about to say, we're not adding on anything new. We're just trying to delve into the words of the Ramban. There was a chait here. We want to learn from it. We're not to learn from it. Then we're not chas v'shalom putting the avos and the imos anywhere near us, right? But we we are not, as we've spoken about in the past, we're not we're not adding on anything new. But where Chazal say, and the great, the Bali Masar, the Ramban says, there's a chait. We could try to understand the chait to learn for us. Not that this was actual, and Rav Devizal writes this often also in his writings, when you learn from the Chatoim of Moshe, of David, of Achulu. We go into it, but we should make sure we realize also who they were and who we are. So with that, Rav Nechama Leibowitz in, uh, in Surah 16 discusses this, this contrast of the Rambans. Right, you see the beginning of 16. These two verses are thus studded with allusions to the peerless character of Avram and Sarah, their unselfishness, respect for each other, introduces a rival into her home, etc. And then we get to the abuse. Hagar's mockery. Look at the bottom, 36. Sarah's reactions are surely understandable. After selflessly offering Hagar to her husband, she sees herself triumphed over by her handmaid. Who would condemn Sarah? Sarah has every right to get angry, to get upset. And yet the Ramban... Gets upset. The Radak, I didn't give you the Radak, also agrees. So what's the message? What's the message for us that we, what's our take home message for us to take home from this hate of Sarah? So he, she suggests in, uh, in Surah 17 towards the end, the back page, maybe the Torah is trying to teach us this was extremely hard for Sarah. But what, again, what's the message for us? We have to make sure before we try something super duper extra chumrah very hard, we have to make sure that we can handle it. Because sometimes if we can't handle it, the results could be in just the opposite direction. And again, I say, I repeat again and again, it's not that we're saying this about sorry, made a chas v'shalom, we're just learning the message. We're learning the message. Right, with the ultimate uh, covet for the Mesorah. Perhaps the Torah wishes to teach us that before a man undertakes a mission that will tax all of his moral and spiritual powers, he should ask himself first whether he can maintain those same high standards to the bitter end. Otherwise, man is liable to descend from the pinnacle of altruism and selflessness into a much deeper depths than would ordinarily have been the case. I might add, some of them say that was the chait of Chava and Adam. Right, some of them say they felt that, you know what? Let's get the eight Sahara and then we could overcome it. Hashem would want that more. That would be awesome. Instead of getting the and that was tragic. Right? Same type of, same type of, uh, idea. We always have to make sure that the challenges we take upon ourselves are not, we have to reach for the stars, but not in a way that will make us fall and Rahman al-Islam lead to, lead to tragedy. How in the words of the Ramban, the Ramban says those words, we can't even put those words in our mouth. That causes all the problems out of Yom Hazeh. Whatever it means. But the Ramban obviously had, uh, had unbelievable um, uh, wisdom behind what he was saying. But um, at least for us, this gives us somewhat of a message. Just the final point quickly, just to try to squeeze in on the Haftor. The first Psukim in Yeshayahu. First Psukim here in Pasik says the time of the Krah. It's time of the Krah. This is Rav Chaim Kanievsky and his commentary. On Parshas Lech Lecha, the Haftar for Parshas Lech Lecha. 
This is just to note as we, whenever, as we read Navi, and those who are listening to the Navi Shirim or feel free, you know, every word in the Navi is also meant for a reason. Right? Often Navi is uh, underappreciated. None of us appreciate Navi as much as we can. But if you look in the, in the first two psukim, Loma Tomar Yaakov, Utitaber Yisrael, Nistra Darki Me'ashem, Ume'alakai Mishpati Ya'avor. And then we have a Pasik that we talk about at Kodesh Baruch Hu. Halo yadata imlo shamata. Do you know? Have you not heard? How do we describe Hashem here? Elokei olam Hashem. He's the God of the world. Boreik sos ha'aretz. He creates all of the corners of the world. Lo yi'afa lo He does not tire. Ein cheker lesfunaso. There is no, you can't fathom his tvuna. Notes on lo yi'af koach, etc. Says of Chaim Knievsky, every phrase here is teaching us something. There he writes in source 18, Habiur, Yitachain, Shahamelech, Ein Makir B'maisa Avadav. Sometimes you might have a king who is not so familiar with everything that his subjects do. O Mishum She'ein Antechaz Memshalto, either because they're not in his, right, they're not under his Memshalto, he's not in control of them, O Afilu Ein Tachaz Memshalto, or even if he is, Avalheim Rechokim Imenu. They're on the other side of the kingdom. They're far away. O Mishum Shetarad Biyoser, or he's very busy. Ve'en lo koach lizboni b'maseyem. I can't focus. O she'en maven, or I don't understand. So, they're not under my memshala. They're too far away. I'm too busy. I don't understand. That's the four phrases in this Pasuk. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus has no chisaron. V'yalzeh Amar, halo yadata. First phrase. Yesh lecha lo havin me'atz lecha. Afilu im encha shomea masha'omrim lecha. Sheyesh lakadosh baruch hachas v'shalom lo yitachin kolad v'rama elu. Here we go. Halo yadata moshamata. Listen to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. Elokei olam Hashem. Number one, he's the ruler of the world. Everything is under his memshala. Lo yitachin she'encha tachas memshalto. Number two, bori kitzvos ha'ares. It's never too far. For Hashem. Right, Hashem is Malay Kalaris Kvodo. Number three. He's not too busy. He's not too tired. And number four, he knows everything. So all the Chisronos that a Malach Masar Vadam might have does not apply to a Kaddish Baruch Hu with his infinite everything, everything about him. And we recognize the godless of every word of Navi, talking about the godless of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That gets us back into the Sefer Bereshus Lech Lecha, into the beginning of the, of the birth of the Jewish people, as we, Lech Lecha is always the beginning of the first Jew, and we continue with Hashem next week when we meet Yitzchak Avinu as well. Okay, we'll stop here.